GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. The government is going to carry out a drone survey of the northern defences, also known as El Jungle, and they're going to record the existing topography, what it all looks like, as well as identify any structures such as walls, steps or bunkers which may be hidden under leaves and vegetation. Our reporter Claire Hernandez spent the morning there and joins us for that chat. A group of concerned residents is calling for a development in Secretary's Lane and Governor's Lane for a boutique hotel to be considered an outline planning stage at the Development and Planning Commission. We heard the details from Carmel Kalilian. But first, GBC audience figures are up and viewers and listeners are tuning in for longer and more often. GBC has revealed the findings of its 2023 audience survey, which shows huge support for the public service broadcaster. The man at the helm, Chief Executive James Nish, has the details. First of all, Jonathan, let me say congratulations on the great findings in the survey for Gibraltar today for you and your team for doing some great work. Lots of really positive feedback for Gibraltar today, which in turn has also helped to push up the listening figures for Radio Gibraltar and that's access to television earlier in the day. But like you say... Well, it's, it's a great concept and, and one that, uh, that you brought to the table. So <laughs> well, th- well right, th- right back at thank you. Thank you for that. But you delivered, you delivered it brilliantly, Jonathan. So thank you for that. And it's one of those things... It's interesting because I was talking to a number of people down at the piazza uh, just to refresh uh, how we did this. So we went out on a day out to the piazza uh, and spent the whole day there chatting to the community. Um, The survey is made of just short of 600 people. Uh, About half of that was done face to face and the other half was done online. We posted the link across our social media sites and on our website and invited everybody to take part. So we, we didn't select who takes part in this survey. We put the link out there and it's up to you to decide whether you want to take part or not. Satisfied with the response? Great. Very, very satisfied. It's, it's more or less um, just short of about uh, 20, 25 from, from in individuals from last year. So a good like for like. A 50-50 male uh, and female. Great um, across the age ranges from under 18s to the, to the over 65s. So again, just across our demographic. Just really, really good results. And I think what's important here is when you compare like for like and you start building the data, you look at it and you think, are we better than we were a year ago? And I think the answer, according to the survey, is yes. Uh, We put out the survey and the results as is. Uh, of course, part of it is my interpretation of it, but the statistics just don't just, lie. Just because you need to, you need to write some Exa- words around it. Exactly, right? exactly. So, so it's, it, it is open to perhaps a slight interpretation. But when you look at, for example, the quality of the news output, and eight and a half percent said excellent in 2022, and 25 percent are saying excellent now, and 30 percent were saying very good, and 37 percent are saying very good now. You know that that's a shift, and that's a positive shift. Uh, Sorry, those figures just don't lie. Uh, and it, we are very, very grateful to everybody who took part. This is not about us saying how excellent we are. We've always maintained as a professional outfit that there's a lot of work to do. 
that we don't get it right all the time, but it's about whether audiences back our direction of travel. I mean, you've more or less addressed that point, but but you, I suppose the, the question I need to put to you is, it's a, it's a survey carried out by GBC. Uh, you would say that the results are very good. No, like if, if there's a sceptic out there, what would you say to them uh, who, if, if they think that maybe you, you, you ask the questions in a leaning way? Well... Uh, that's a that's a really really valid point, and I think what I would say is that we asked the questions in a very similar vein to what we did a year ago, and the results were was good, not this great. So we've done like for like, we've put it out in exactly the same way, almost feeling the same questions. Of course, there is a section in these are the changes we've introduced over the last year. Please rate them for us. We didn't have that question a year ago because those changes hadn't come sure well, hadn't happened yeah, yeah. um so, so there is so there is an element of that but people were free to either fill in the survey with one of our agents at the piazza or to do it online or to take the ipad and do it themselves so nobody was leaned on, on the results for example uh, one of the things that we we don't shy away from is is what the criticism is and also what the one-to-one feedback is and there are a lot of points for me it's about identifying trends if one person out of 600 is telling you something, that doesn't necessarily mean that's our direction of travel. But if 50 people are telling you... Yeah. Exactly. Well, that, that's, it's an interesting comment, but it, it doesn't mean that it's going to influence the direction of travel. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Okay, and, um, and, and I note that the uh, general election was uh, a major event uh, for the public broadcaster uh, and that the feedback on that and for GBC News more generally uh, is positive uh, and people feel that the election was covered well then? Yes and that's just a really interesting result because when you have a community again that's almost divided in the vote and it's a 50-50 you would think that perhaps half of the population filling in the survey wouldn't be happy because the outcome of the election wasn't the one that they wanted. So again it's about how we look at the data and how we look at it and think well, okay, your party may not have won, but you still think that the election coverage was fair, was balanced and was good. And that's what we're looking at as far as the data is concerned. Okay, and uh, what do you do with this now, James? Do, do you, uh, d- does it help to inform what GBC will do in 2024? I think it does a few things. I think the first thing it does is it confirms that the changes that we brought in about eight, nine months ago are working that we are on on the right path and that we need to now consolidate those changes. I could be sitting here, Jonathan, and this is not about us, again, saying how excellent we are or how positive they are. Whilst we're very grateful to the great response that there's been to this survey, it's also about identifying what works and what doesn't. If people had been saying in this survey that Gibraltar today, for example, wasn't working or that they were not tuning in, then we would be having a very different conversation. But that's not what the survey has found. So for me, it's about how we consolidate what we've achieved over the last year and how we continue to develop it over the next year so that we can continue to build on everything that we've achieved. Okay, and in respect of young people, because you said that it's sort of, um, you've you've captured the views of young people as as well as people of all ages, um, but uh, there is a a general uh, challenge for broadcasters uh, in a world where there are lots of streaming services, where people carry around their mobile phones and expect things um, packaged in in a particular way uh, that is different to legacy broadcasting. Uh, Is GBC up to the challenge of bringing in young listeners and viewers? It's a question that if I had the answer, Jonathan, uh, we would be running any TV station across the world. It's it's a real 
issue and it's a big dilemma for chief executives and directors of TV stations across the world. I will tell you an interesting piece of information and I'm not saying that Gibraltar is behind the times but sometimes trends take a little bit longer in Gibraltar and we are still seeing, according to the survey, a huge number of people who are tuning in to scheduled television Uh, and that's also happening with some other stations, for example, Strictly Come Dancing on the BBC, mm. huge millions of people will tune in at the time that it's on, not on catch-up. Right. Because it's that kind of show that you want to tune in. Where I think, and I'm not comparing ourselves to BBC One or to Strictly, but where I think that this survey confirms that our direction of travel is correct is in the local aspect, in how people are consuming our news products. The election is a, it's a great example of how people wanted to consume that in real time. Yes, there was a lot of catch-up, but there was a lot of people consuming that in real time. The election night, that's, that's a great example of... It's not something that you particularly want to watch after it's happened. You almost want to... GBC, I think what people want is for GBC to be part of their lives and to be there when it matters for them. And I think that that is where we're looking at. Do we need to do more for young people? Yes, I think any broadcaster needs to do that. But we have, for example, a great response to our teenagers take over Radio Gibraltar this Christmas. Uh, Once again, we're going to be doing um, programmes by teenagers, for teenagers on Christmas Day and Boxing Day. We had the Love Grace, we had the Summer Camp. And I think when you look at something like the Summer Camp, that was a, a younger a generation, so 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-olds. We won't reap the benefits of that in the next two or three years. That's the benefit that we'll reap in 10. Yeah. So it's about, it's a long-term plan. It's not about, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. All right, James, and um, conscious that um, you, your time is very precious this week because uh, the Open Day means it's a very big week for GBC and for Radio Gibraltar, but great news to be able to start the week with. No? I think this just gives us uh, almost a morale booster for staff as well. We go into Christmas and head into 2024 which with huge backing from the community and what I think is the most important thing that the survey reflects is that the public perception of GBC has taken a dramatic twist in a positive way and I'm very grateful to the staff who've helped deliver the change because it's not easy. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. A group of concerned residents is calling for a development in Secretary's Lane and Governor's Lane for a boutique hotel to be considered at outline planning stage at the Development and Planning Commission, Carmel Kalilian. Hi, Jonathan. Um, thank you for having me today. We are. Um, it's it's a mixture of uh, local residents. There are enterprise also on board, but actually, um, uh, well, we're grateful that. Um, 200 plus objections against the Queen's Gate precinct development um, has resulted in the withdrawal of this from the upcoming DPC meeting. Um, I mean, we, we were meant to have um, Mr. Eric uh, Elu also been uh, on on um, Eric Hammond, sorry, Hammond um, yeah. on on board on air um, also to, to speak about this. Um, but however, this has been pushed to the next or, or whenever they decide that this will come on board. Um, so. Uh, but but however this will still need to be watched you know the the development um the developer has ultimately paid a premium um for the land and surely won't be walking away um but then um i mean there's still much to be said about uh how local people are being affected in other ma- major developments and that's where um 
I thought to, to speak about now the next major development application at the DPC. Um, so, so it's an issue with the planning process, so to speak, that um, that you th- you feel that more of the major projects should go to outline planning permission first? Yes, well the project will be connected to another major recently appro- approved pro- uh, project, Fortress House, uh, another project changing the use of the property land um, or land from the resident from residential to commercial um, and two properties designed and proposed by the same developer which sparks a question why were they not both proposed at outline planning uh, stage? Unfortunately, the current planning process for me um, has led to uh, planning by stealth, whereby uh, development projects are being viewed on in isolated terms um, and not in relation to a wider bi- a vision or in a considered manner. Um, this piecemeal approach um, is quite dangerous um, and risks our local heritage and sense of place. Um, particularly in the old town where where, uh, it's a dense population, we're very close um, proximities from one another, you know. So, um, yes, the the tender process has been going on now. The the government are pushing the development plan. But in the meantime, what is being approved um, can potentially ruin the landscape of Gibraltar for years to come. So why aren't we taking a beat? Um, We're calling essentially for the Minister for Planning... um, the Honorary Gemma Vasquez, um, to simply ask for the, this application and other major applications to to push through a full review from outline stage and from for all cumulative effects um, and those who are impacted by this these different developments, major developments, um, to be studied. Um. Okay, so so um, you've mentioned there that the the, the specific major project that uh, that you're um, pointing to uh, is part of a broader redevelopment of Fortress House, which is converting the old colonial residential building there uh, into a social and cultural hub. Uh, it includes an art gallery with a space for children. Yeah. Uh, it's going to a, a space which is going to be opened up to public use, and yes. and that one did go to outline planning permission, yes, it did. Yes. Uh, and um, and was um, given approval to proceed. And this is uh, for a boutique hotel, which is part of that overall project. Well, they're connected. Yes, that there there will be a pathway from one to the other, um, and so. I, I would. I, we are calling essentially for this to be considered an outline, um, so that the, all the stakeholders that are affected um, are, are uh, consulted and, and given some time to to voice their views. Like no, local residents are impact, uh, expecting impacts on noise, waste, traffic. You know, um, and there are uh, this has everything to do with how they enjoy their homes, you know, so there's... Um, and and to, to be clear, um, this is an issue with the planning process principally, uh, and there's no suggestion that the developers uh, haven't followed due process. Presumably, they, they have done what they should and, and that they've been transparent about their plans. Uh, uh, what it is is that you think that rather than going to... Uh, full planning permission uh, application, they should have gone to outline in the first instance to give more time. Definitely, definitely, exactly that. And and can I just ask, this is due to be heard in the coming days, uh, have you objected? Will you be speaking to the Development and Planning Commission? Because the message presumably is principally for, for them. No? I mean, um, objections from various individuals are were considered out of time. 
Um, so this is our, we're, we're using GBC as our voice. Um, we're trying to, um, we are speaking to the various individuals that can can help um, give a bit more um, local to this development, let's say the the um, uh, the enterprise that are being affected by the waste uh, waste issues or waste management issues and traffic bottlenecks and so on. So I think um, yeah, we're using GBC and we're grateful that you can have us today um, as a forum, essentially uh, to to voice the public concern. Gibraltar today with Jonathan Scott. Journalists have been invited up to the Northern Defences, a.k.a. the jungle, uh, because government is going to carry out a drone survey there. And uh, our reporter, Claire Hernandez, was told to wear um, comfortable shoes today because she was going to do some walking uh, among stones and boulders. And uh, but Absolutely. Now, now, a lot of cleared paths as well. A lot no? of cleared paths indeed, Jonathan, yes. Beautiful area of Gibraltar. It really is. It's had a lot of attention over the last few years, which is great. They've had a massive clear out of the whole area. They've got rid of undergrowth, years and years of rubbish. I am reliably informed there were washing machines as well as motorbikes and bicycles in Abandoned the area. There. Absolutely. Because if you if you lived nearby and you didn't want to dispose of them, it's like why well, not? It's a. It <laughs> was a dumping ground. Yeah. Absolutely right. It was a dumping ground, as you said. The I'm, jungle. I'm not saying no? it's right, but I'm just saying you can understand the thought process. No? Indeed, probably not the kind of way that we think about things now but I think that at the time yes might have been there for many years no those objects absolutely so the routes to the defences are now also easier to locate it's much easier to get there I'd never been before to be perfectly honest with you but it's very easy to get there it's it's, it's amazing I know (laughs) when you go it's like how have I not been here how have I not been here I'm 46 years old I've lived here all my life what am I doing (laughs) Um, so yeah the route's easier some of the darker areas have also been lit which is great there are loads of information panels which they're still working on and developing in different areas to basically tell people what the areas were used for, which I found very interesting. So a great spot for locals and also for tourists. I mean, in basic terms, it it was to protect Gibraltar from any um, attack from the land which exactly. would have come via Spain, what is now Laguna, uh, that area. Absolutely. Um, it was sort of uh, protected by the northern defences. It was our first line of defence, yeah. exactly. And the interesting thing is the way that the there are different tunnels as you go into the area and the tunnels were created to create bottlenecks so that the people attacking could be, we, we could defend, you know, more... Um, What's the word? Yeah. More effectively sure. with these with these different places. Well, we actually got the chance to join a group of pupils from Bishop Fitzgerald who were up there having their tour. So we kind of gate crashed their tour a little bit and we asked them what they liked about their visit. I really liked when we were down um, there and exploring, and we were going up and exploring the tunnels. I um, liked how um, we could see um, the um, like roads and um, we can see the view of Gibraltar. I liked how like there was different like holes in the walls and you could see like these amazing views where people would use as the gun points and you can like see almost the whole rock and it's really pretty. I like going through like the tunnels there and like just looking at everything and and Gibraltar. Very positive reviews. Clever. Very, Very articulate. Positive. They loved it. They were a great group. I think there were two classrooms in one from Bishop, from Bishop Fitzgerald. They were very interested. They were answering a lot of questions. So like nine, ten-year-olds or...? Yes. Momentum. Yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. Um, but just very interested in the whole area. I think they were more interested in the fact that they weren't in school than anything <laughs> else. Well, lovely school trip, isn't Absolutely. It? Well, the work on the Northern Defences has been described by the government as a flagship project. That's what they've 
they've called it. Uh, we spoke to Project Director Carl Viakas as well. He was our tour guide, so very obviously very well a big wealth of knowledge there. Um, he knows all about the area and he was able to put the historic value of the area into context. We're talking of it from the, the, the castle that has its, its origins in Islamic um, architecture all the way through to the Second World War. So in terms of flagship projects, definitely because of the time spans, but also the engineering here. It is just, it, it's humbling when, I've been working on this now for years, as you know, and we've just been clearing it. You see the same dates appear throughout the towns. They were able to build this in one year, in 1789, using just what is hand tools. So it is a flagship project. The amount of work that has been done here is, is incredible. I've got to take my hat off to the guys who are here. And the work continues. We've been hearing about a drone survey that's going to be happening over the next few weeks. It's an opportunity to get an idea of the topography of the area. What they want to do is record the existing topography and they're also going to be using this drone footage to identify any man-made structures that are still covered by vegetation. So there is another, a whole other level to this to this Northern Defences project, which is definitely very interesting. So, uh, any suggestion of a timeline? You had to catch me off guard. Didn't no, you, so, no. Well, I mean, presumably then you haven't been told, no? <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, it's going to be happening over the next few weeks. They've got, they think that the survey in itself, so the drone will be flying around for a, a couple of days. So two days of a drone flying around is actually it's covering a so smallish area. So that's a main reason for people not to be worried exactly. and expect the drone. No? Absolutely. Um, yes. So they are going to be restricting some of the entry areas of the Northern Defences, but it's going to be very clearly signposted. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.